This is Artful Thought. My name's Darcy, and I've always loved pondering out loud with others on various topics. On this podcast, myself and guests strive to illuminate our interconnecting perspectives in the arts, academia, and other media through open-ended conversations with a focus on education, culture, and social justice. But I think the difference is just the way people talk. Uh, is it more like health conscious out there or more like conscious conscious <laughs> in the sense of? Uh, it's more superficial conscious, uh, conscientious. I mean, it's kind of more of a fad, I think, to have all of this human humanist politics stuff. Um, because, I mean, look, there's homelessness is ridiculously heartbreaking here. Like, there's no way that I think that you know, the West Coast is like so liberally progressive whenever we have this problem. It's not like in your face in St. Louis, really. Like, it's not something that, like, I only experienced that on social media. And obviously, I'm middle-aged white guy, so I wouldn't experience it necessarily. But I don't, you know, I work in a diverse area. I live in a diverse area. I went to school yeah. in diverse, you know, I don't, I feel like that's a little not necessarily hidden here, but it definitely isn't as in your face as it is out there. Yeah. About um different what cultural well just just any sort of like urgency to it or importance and, and it feels like the anger is there. It's on you know, it's yeah. Whereas we don't really have that in the Midwest. There's a different kind of angry. It's a you know well I shitty think... white people anger. I think it's so much, I think it's weirdly a layer, like it's layered upon layers of um, people who are so passionate about things that it kind of turns into like a stalemate of uh, all of these signs and these different concepts and progressive thinking, you know, equality stuff that people become desensitized to the real So it's like having a top 40, you know, radio on all day. And maybe if you heard a song for the first time, it had like such a good, you know, like a, it woke something up inside of you experience. But after you hear it for like endless times, you know, throughout the day, then it kind of wears off its original effect. And I think that's kind of what has happened in San Francisco. And like a lot of local people criticize San Francisco for not being the same you know, how people think of San Francisco of being this place. Yeah, yeah. I have no conception aside from the fact that that's where the Grateful Dead were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I had traveled after, shortly after those kind of things, and you would tell from the person, and I would tell people from, I was from St. Louis, and they would just assume that I was, you know, this from a very rough area, and that I must be tough, and that I must be, you know, dangerous because yeah. I'm from St. Louis. That is interesting because Ferguson is not uh, that rough of a town. No, like before, whenever we went, I, I went with my brother and his pastor. They came up to go to the protest after uh, Mike Brown was murdered. And uh, the town had like a lot of really straight-laced, like uh, churchy moms and dad, you know, types of people who we talked to. And I mean, of course, the riot itself was a little less than, you know, 
Mayberry, but uh, <laughs> that's because of that was created because of what happened. Um, but the town itself was pretty peaceful. Like it was a really calm well, area. Yeah, Ferguson's safe itself, but you walk a couple blocks and all of a sudden it's not. And that's like any big city or even medium-sized city where, yeah, you just turn a block and you don't know if there's going to be people dealing drugs or people who are carrying guns. You just, I mean, that's just any city. But I think... What's it like being in a, in a, like a legal marijuana state? Do you notice that? Is that part of your everyday, like... I smell... Or has it been so normal in California for this long? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty normal. What's interesting is that the college, since I go to school and I'm kind of like the elder um, student and I tutor undergrad students, but you don't see like the stereotypical college students going crazy because they're going to a party or it's like after hours and people are running through campus drunk and stoned and crazy because it's not like a taboo thing you're not really rebelling people are pretty accepting of being crazy and weird so there's none of that like the hype of youth culture like revolting and being crazy yeah yeah so i mean yeah definitely there's kids you can tell they're going out to party but it's not like this huge rambunctious thing uh because it's not like a forbidden fruit Right, right, right. But yeah, I uh, I smell it too. I smell weed pretty often, and <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> it's like an outdoor air freshener. Just... Um, <laughs> I don't smoke though. I I definitely sometimes every now and then we'll use the droplets of uh, THC, and that'll do me good. And... <laughs> I'm trying to learn more about economic theory and uh, government stuff and liberalism and conservatism and all of this stuff and because <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> like a lot people, of isms. I know and I just I never know what any of it means I kind of know what it means only in terms of like human social issues but I don't it's know. worth like taking a, a significant time if you haven't done it yet to just really get in deep with that kind of stuff yeah and then just do it once and then you know that kind of lasts you the rest of your life and you understand these things and you don't have to constantly be do you researching it do you know or have you yeah seen- and i was pretty into politics and learning about politics as a teenager and in college and then when i went back to college when i was 30 even then it's always been like present in my mind it's kind of like learning how to ride a bike, would you say? Like, if you learn that stuff, you get, like, the concept, and it kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's just new faces and different spins on things, but, you know, when it comes down to it, it comes down to those kind of core philosophies that, you know, guide the way you and judge I think, public events. and. Yeah, and I think why it just really goes over my head is because it seems very mechanical, like, the systems and all of that uh because you just i mean it's over essentialized because of like political and public you know publicity human like emotional things instead of just bare bones correct yeah yeah you have to kind of lose some of the humanity to it to like to understand it yeah i need to yeah i really need to read more and learn stuff about the economy and crap 
because I just, yeah, I don't understand it. I, I've let go of like wanting to care about knowing how to do taxes because that changes all the time and I just need to hire somebody who knows how to do it. And Right, yeah, you wanting. can't be good at everything and there's a reason people, you know, like charge for things and you're willing to pay for it. Like I'm not going to fix the plumbing in my house that I don't know how to do, so I'm going to pay somebody who knows what they're doing. With the other stuff though, I feel like you should d dig into it a little because then you kind of know when somebody's bullshitting you or you know when people are lying and you don't have to like research the topic in depth what they're saying just if you know that ted cruz is talking about the nra you just know that he's lying and he's an idiot and yeah you know there's you don't have to get into every single detail that they're all saying so i don't know much about st louis in terms of how they're divided is it pretty divisive in terms of political stuff do you have do you see the city itself is liberal but it's not it's conservatively liberal at least with the elected leaders they're not the progressive side of yeah those. but compared to st louis county which is over not overwhelmingly but majority conservative we Rich. seem like, you know, rage against the machine type <laughs> liberals, but, we're, but, you know, in comparison to probably San Francisco and other, you know, we're not. Wait, so is St. Louis County, isn't that like the wealthier side? Kind of. Well, yeah, yes and no. It gets, it gets weird with that, the surrounding counties, but yeah, it's generally the wealth is, is in the county at this point, where Clay Clayton's the county. Oh, yeah. Clayton, I remember Clayton Housewives right. coming to right. uh, the, the Winslow's home, that um, place, that and, restaurant. And St. Louis is crazy, too, because we, we literally have a street, and I don't think any other city does, where one side is the dividing line. One side is everything south is white and everything north is black. And we think that that's normal. <laughs> yeah here and it's that's it's a problem crazy. it's just staring you in the face and we don't get it it's segregation without it being like written in the law it's right and even it was like written into the law until very recently it's not like this is a 200 year old thing this is a 20 30 year old thing where the law said that you could not rent to people you could not sell to people you could not you know do these things it's it's, it's a very recent yeah. thing in our history we seem to forget it after mike brown that the mike brown shooting that was the first time i really knew racism was like alive and thriving like i always knew it was like not going to be obsolete ever but i never knew just how intensely terrible it actually was until that happened i had worked um for a long time in the county, in like the, you know, typical St. Louis County with all the St. Louis County police officers, they, they had worked secondary where I'd worked and I got to know a lot of them and I met a lot of those police officers and there was a lot of really, you know, good, honorable police officers that were genuinely decent people, but there was also the, the worst people I've ever met were part of that police department and when that I kind of always knew that that existed, but you didn't see it 
Yeah. Like up close and personal until there's a tank running down your street. <laughs> God, I forgot you know? about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like that is a civil war. Like you're you're using military tanks with I know. Gas. It's very surreal, right? That's what's kind of scary too. Is that you always assume that these horrible things happen in other cities or other countries, even, and that mm -hmm. they could never happen here. We could never, you know, elect an idiot for president. We could never <laughs> allow tanks on our streets. And here it was so easily just kind of like, oh, yeah, well. And it's because we're white that we didn't really feel like I, I definitely was outraged by it, but I wasn't a, affected by it directly because obviously I'm not living where they were were taking those those tanks and i'm not black so obviously i wasn't threatened by them because they weren't targeting me and i i mean yeah even whatever it happens right in front of you and you're seeing it in your own neighborhood or across town it just seems like a weird sense of i don't think denial but like surreality that this is yes yes not in a history weird. book this is <laughs> Here. Yeah. Right, right. The pictures you see in history books are happening right in front of your face. And what's crazy about it isn't that what is so perplexing about it is that it can happen. <laughs> I thought that the government wasn't this evil. You know, like why? Of course, we know that there are like a few bad apples. Yeah, and I don't think it's good to think of it as like a good and evil. I think there's just just people, and they some people do shitty things, and some people do good things, and people are just you know, do things and they have effects. And I'm not sure that thinking of the government as a whole is an evil type thing. It's just, it's the government, so they're going to do yeah. what governments do. Yeah, and it's like mixed, it's complicated. There's like a lot of different intentions in the government. And I don't think of it like that, but I mean, there's things happening that are definitely... I mean, well, like the, pretty, the kids in the border is, oh, is an evil thing. Yes, yeah, I will say that. But I'm like not that. sure that's, that's uh, indicative of government or just who happens to be running the government right now. Yeah, just like these appendage, appendages, uh, like these different offshoots of the government, like police officers who are, who are, like I'm not saying they are inherently evil, but they are part of some type of behavior of a systemic white supremacy you know right. that is yeah. is by definition hatred of you know races that are not white and those are are active you know like they get the government support and they get excused you know as they are defending their life whenever they murder somebody who doesn't have a weapon that it just seems so like it's hard to wrap your brain around that the government is allowing that to happen. Like the Mike Brown thing, and everybody knew that, what's his face? Um, uh, McCullough, the, uh, Bob McCullough, the right. the attorney general? No, 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 the, 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 the DA. DA. Um, Who just lost in an election. Good. Yeah. He, yeah, like it just, it was so shocking. I mean, definitely it was shocking for white people even, you know, it's less shocking for black people because they understand like, yeah, the, this country has been shitting on us for quite some time. We're used to it. I mean, not used to it, but not surprised by it. Did you watch uh, that Saturday Night Live episode after Trump got elected with uh, Chris Rock? Dave Chappelle. 
and Jason, uh, yeah, yeah, where they talk, they're just laughing because yeah, we were shocked that something like this could happen. That was so perfect. That was like <laughs> the perfect, the yeah, of like how people react to it, and we we really did. And I just listened to another interview that was along those lines where there was some tension between a white interviewer and a black woman she was interviewing and they were like intellectuals and uh the white lady was like saying how like yeah we thought that all of this was past you know like the world passed this over you know from like two generations ago and the black lady got pretty upset that she said that and she almost like just let that like the white lady almost was like yeah you're right like it's always been you know, here, you know, it's always been a problem, racism and all of this, but she came back to say it where she was like, and the black lady tried to argue and, you know, like alter her saying that, like, we thought this was past, you know, like this type of institutionalized systemic racism. She wouldn't, after that, she was like, no, but we did think that, like, even though it was not true, even though it was totally like we were fooled by progress that was made 20, 30, 40 years ago, it still had a very like active ingredient still churning. White people just I think were... white people that white people think that the racism does exist just because they personally maybe aren't outwardly racist <laughs> themselves, but they don't understand the history of it. They don't understand the systemic racism is just that would blow their minds i can't get to that part but it, it just yeah they assume that since they don't experience in their daily life that it doesn't exist yeah we're, we can't like empathize because we don't know the experience but we are observant of other people's pain well right um, and just i can like let them talk i don't need to have an opinion on that i don't need to tell you what i my opinion on racism is i don't have a you know what authority do i have say this from the perspective of like feminist issues whenever men try to come up try to be super duper empathetic and try to help as much as possible and sometimes people's guilt is really obnoxious and it's not accomplishing anything right you know like dwelling on something that is you know you're just exhausting a point and really you should just live your life you know and just like be a good person and yeah i'm so always suspicious of those guys who are like the first to come to the defense and the first like they're very very you know outspoken against anything derogatory and women just let women talk about it we don't need to chime in <laughs> yeah like they're compensating a little bit for Correct. something yeah, like yes, yes yes just be be chill like the whole point of feminism or anti-racist intentions are to like just have an equal playing field like let's just be be cool and talk and not you know over uh you know beat a dead horse about certain things millennials ruined this i mean <laughs> the what's that term slacktivism where we just talk in circles and over intellectualize everything and get yes. nothing done we're good at diagnosing why like, everything is the way it is but never knowing. Right, but you're going to be diagnosing for, you know, 30 years. And at a certain point, I feel like once you understand that, that, that it's a game, stop talking about the rules. Just figure out how to play the game and get good at it. The game is rigged, but what are you going to do? Going to get on Twitter and say <laughs> exactly. some angry things. Exactly, or take a really 
gauzy picture on Instagram. 